0: Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I am your host, D-Palm. Follow me on Twitter at D-Palm66. Follow the show on Twitter at U-D-Pod. Follow the entire MTR network at, you guess it, the MTR network. You found it. Don't you dare lose it. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere. you Get your podcasts for absolutely free. There's a version of this podcast that was recorded after Georgia lost to Bama. That is... Not angry, it's it's going to be larger than what you hear now, but I didn't release it because the entire premise of that show was that at least Bama didn't get in. At least, at least Bama did not get in. Well, I'll be good and goddamn if Bama didn't find a way in. And the second the playoff committee released that yesterday, I said to myself, oh, ho ho oh, no, I need to sit, I need to think, I need to. To, to, to marinate on everything that just occurred so that I can give the audio audience the best possible reaction. And for that reaction, I need one quick second. Those are two quick updates I want to give. MTR update. Chris has been wild busy with work. we got more and more stuff recorded. The Marvel spoiler review on premium has already dropped. We're going to be finishing up Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. we got a lot more stuff coming for you through the holidays and into the new year. We've not forgotten about you. Real life is a thing. Speaking of real life, some of you have been asking, where's the NBA coverage? I am very tired. Started a new job a few months ago. I have a son now. Recording these every once in a while. So bear with me. The NBA stuff will be coming generally after Christmas. But until Christmas, we're going to be talking about ball season and football and playoffs, which is why we're here today. The original title for this episode was Emergency Hogcast. You've seen what it's turned into. I know what I had to do. I get it. You get it. So, before we get into anything I kind of wanted to talk about this week, let's talk about the thing that you want to hear me talk about. Georgia, Bama, locking horns, SEC title game, fantastic game, riddled with questions and answers and lots of things occurring. But in the end of the day, the Georgia undefeated streak came to an end. Um, They lost 27 24. For my money, Probably my favorite of the three years of teams. Aesthetically, watching them play football. Um, this is an offense that largely during the season found ways to service the talent. I say that a lot on this podcast. What I mean is they found ways for the men on the outside, the men on the inside, the guys who are dynamic with the ball in their hands, they found ways to get ball, the ball in their hands. Uh, that was the first game all season. Carson or first career, I should say. Carson Beck's been held on a 250 yards passing. Fantastic job by this Bama defense. Um were I a more petty man? Would I whine about injuries to Lad McConkey and Brock Bowers? Sure. But I'm not petty. And I hope those guys go on and make tons of money at the next level. I hope they never play in the down football for free. I hope they don't play in the bowl game. Um shout out tip of the captain Bama, saving. He told everyone, don't doubt us, don't doubt us. He stayed there with his quarterback. He stayed in there with his quarterback. He believes in his quarterback. And at the end of the day, Jade Milro was enough. And um, when you've heard me talk about this Georgia team, particularly under Kirby in the last few years, you've always heard my biggest concern. It was a concern when he was the DC at Bama because – the thing about those Bama defenses back then, and we'll talk more about how they play now and things I like things I don't like. Back then, it was always very, very much, we're going to suffocate you and chuck you out on defense, unless you've got that kryptonite, that Kirby smart defense kryptonite, because a Kirby smart defense is one that is disciplined, is fast, and is tough. But first and foremost, they are disciplined. Now, schematically speaking, when you are calling a defense versus an offense, you are ideally have a man advantage. Because they've got to have someone holding the ball. And generally, when that man holds the ball, he hands it off. Now you're up two men. Look at the players. Look at the teams that beat Bama while Kirby was there. The concern the care, the variable that always pointed towards a problematic an opportunity for the other team was that running quarterback. Jalen Milroy, you look at the numbers, 14 carries for 29 yards because the way they do college stats, long was 30. And you saw it earlier with the double spy, it worked really well, but because of the dynamic playmakers, some of which came from Georgia, on the um, Bama sideline, adjustments had to be made. And in those adjustments, holes were found, holes were exploited, touchdowns were thrown, touchdowns were run, and Bama won. And if you came here for me to be more upset about this, I apologize, because after 29 trade games victories, after beating Nick Saban in a national title game, it's hard work for your boy to come out here and say, I'm furious. I'm angry. I'm upset. If you want someone who's truly upset today, (laughs) I need you to stop listening to this. all You're like five minutes and six minutes in. Stop listening. Push pause. We'll be here when you come back. Go find a Florida State podcast. (laughs) Because... The one reason I haven't had to deal with horseshit from my friends and family for the last 48 hours is because the playoff committee did the absolute funniest thing possible in the last year of the 14 playoff. For years, the boogeyman has been, well, you're just going to put Batman no matter what, (laughs) so who cares? And last year it was close because last year, TCU lost their conference title game. So two lost Bama and their uh, Politico Nick Saban was out here like, hey, hold on now. Eyeball test. Y'all can't say we don't belong. And one of the cool things about the playoffs is it gives these play callers so much time. Ryan Day was given two months to prepare for Georgia defense last year and almost did something that would have hurt me forever. Sonny Dykes got two months off to play Michigan and beat Michigan. And then they got to the national title game. And whether they'll admit it or not, I think that was in the back of the head of the committee. Like, we put a team in that deserved, but probably wasn't one of the best. They did the thing against Michigan, validating our decision. However, the subsequent largest loss in bowl history, full stop, not national title games, not uh, name goals. Bowl history, the history of bowls, the one biggest win of all time is Georgia over TCU. And whether they will admit it or not, whether it's right or not, the committee looked at that Florida State team, sounds, Jordan Travis, and said, mm, I don't know. It don't feel right. It don't look right. And so what do they do? They did the thing that we've all been joking about them doing for the existence of the playoff. And they said, fuck it. Bama's in. And I have no personal animus towards this. I personally thought, like, if you listen to that podcast ever comes out, I was convinced Florida State going to get in, Bama, Georgia, five, six, and hopefully we get a rematch. I was like, I wanted to the crack of these motherfuckers. Like, yes, give me one more shot at Bama. And I'd be more upset if I were a Florida State fan. I get that. Florida State did everything that was asked of them. They won a game against a common opponent in Bama and LSU. And they didn't need LSU's quarterback to go down to win the game. Bama needed a miracle on fourth and 31, fourth and goal on the 31 last week to beat a a Auburn team, excuse me, that lost to New Mexico State the week prior. There are... Clear and obvious reasons why you'd be upset if you are a Florida State fan or if you're Jordan Travis who tweeted shortly after the announcement. Devastated, heartbroken, in so much disbelief right now. I wish my leg broke earlier in the season so y'all could see this team is so much more than the quarterback. I thought results matter. 13-0 and this roster matches up across any team across those top four rankings. I am so sorry. Go Knowles. Now, like, football shit notwithstanding with the roster thing. Like, relax, bro. But he's, he's right about one thing. He thought results mattered because that's what children think. That's what children think. They think results matter. And the answer is not as much as you'd like them to. Because the job of the committee is not, I repeat, is not to give you an inequivocal national champion. We've never had that in this sport at this level. We're trying to re-engineer these things and pretend that, oh, we're trying to get fairness and equality. You want eyeballs so you can make money for people who aren't playing the sport. Full stop. And once you recognize that that is the true purpose of the playoff, then guess what? This stings, this hurts, it sucks, but you get it. Deep home. Florida State beat a Louisville team top 15 in the nation. ACC uh, 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 title game well that Louisville team also lost to Pitt they lost to Pitt I thought results mattered we can do this all day that's one of the things I want to point out is that the conversation around college football is the point the AP voters picked the champion for most of the history of the sport it didn't become the second biggest sport in this country on the back of Decided outcomes on the back of inequivocal knowledge. It became the number two sport in this land because of the conversation. I know you're saying to yourself, a year from now, this won't matter. This will not be a problem. And you're not wrong about that. Because then the question will be between 13 and 12. 13 and 12. You want to see where the committee would have the decision that would get made this year based on this? We're talking about is Ole Miss or Penn State in? Ladies, gentlemen. Listeners, any system that would have this day turned into Ole Miss versus Penn State is a broken one. It's a system designed only to enrich those in position to take advantage of the financial windfall. I take it back. I take it back. I rescind my comment because the playoff all I misspoke. It would not be Ole Miss. Ole Miss would be 11. 11. Penn State would be 10. We do not need more games. We don't need a playoff. The BCS was right and good let's get to the rest of college football news. Because a lot of stuff happened in college football last week. A lot. Including the original title for this podcast, the Emergency Hogcast. Because Bob Petrino, Arkansas, look out. He's fucking back. <laughs> Watch yourselves in the roadways. Watch your girlfriends who get hired by the athletic department. Because Bob Petrino's back in the prowl. I know what you're thinking to yourself. The same thing I was thinking. If you're fired for cause by a state, as a state employee. Can that same state rehire you in a position? The answer in Arkansas is, of course, yes. The news broke, the the trial balloon, I should say, around this was, and I quote, Arkansas is vetting Bobby Petrino as our offensive coordinator. 24 hours later he was hired, but that sentence right there, chef's kiss. Because I have to ask you, my friends. Is vetting just like going through your own records of what this motherfucker's done on your payroll? Before you give him another state cell phone? Before you give him more car allowance? But hey, this is a move probably made by the AD because they had to fire that OC uh, this past year. The devil you know, I suppose? Speaking of the devil you know, what up, Aggie Land? What up, Texas AM? You refuse to admit who you actually are in this world, and that's fine and dandy, but man oh man, are you in for it? Because they went out there and they floated the trial balloon of Mark of Mike Stoops, of stoops over at uh Kentucky. They said, What if we brought down Stoops? And keep in mind, Stoops turned that Kentucky job into a nine-win job. He's become what AM. Wishes they were. With defensive coordinator under Jimbo, came on back down. They could not get, excuse me, I wasn't, I'm talking about Oko. I'm getting ahead of myself. They could not get soups down. The balloon went up. The balloon was like, who is this guy? Well, he's the only person ever to win a Kentucky in football whose name wasn't Bear Bryant. That's who he is. The rumors out are that he had landed in Texas. He was taxiing to the runway, and the call came and said, hey, bro. Not going to be able to do it. People found out. They don't like the balloon floated. We're going to go ahead and pass on this. Take your ass back to Kentucky. And that's when you got the quote from uh, soups like, despite the rumors, I will not be taking any jobs outside of Kentucky. So they were like, ah, what are we doing? And that's the crazy part about media and sports is that if they had come out originally and said, Mike Yelko is our guy, I'd have been like, holy shit, Mike Elko! what a great kid. He doubles his salary. He gets a lifetime generational wealth when the buyout comes. And they get a coach that one, they know, but two, knows them, which is just as important with these fucking weirdos. But because of the way it all transpired, it's clear, Mike Elko, you were the second choice. And even in doubling your salary – It's a discount based on what they're paying Jimbo. Everyone who was cheering for chaos this weekend is rude. I hope you got what you wanted. And you got proof that they don't give a fuck about what you think about this sport. Let's go with early matchups. Washington, Texas. Texas is a four and a half point uh, favorite, I believe. Right now, a lot of that is the public nature of the Texas team. They have a lot more fans uh, nationally. So it is easier for them to have a higher spread and incite more gambling. Um, That being said, we've watched Michael Penix play down to opponents all season. All season. We've watched it happen. Um, Big step up in the Oregon game for the big win there. I just don't know how they're going to handle the level of physicality that Texas is going to present up front. Um, you're giving the Washington staff and those receivers and that quarterback, what, two weeks, three weeks to figure it out. So on New Year's Day at 8.45 p.m., we'll all be in front of ESPN watching to see what they cooked up. That's going to be exciting for me. But there's a lot of talent on the Texas side, um, particularly in the running back, particularly the receiver side, particularly in the defense. They took that one loss this past year, but I I don't know, man. I think that this is going to be a hell of a game. The other side of this bad boy, I don't think it's close. I've been told all season how good J.J. McCarthy is. I don't see it. I've been told all season how special that offensive line is. I do not. See it. At no point during their schedule. I'll take it back. They scored 52 in Minnesota. I'll take it back. They haven't really been tested as Michigan. Down the stretch, it looks shaky at best. 24-15 against Penn State. 31-24 against Maryland. The game, obviously, coming down to being the game. But at the same time, Baylor on the stretch didn't look all lights out either. Needing an injury to LSU's quarterback to beat them. Squeaking by Auburn and the Iron Bowl. We all know that's a weird game, but still, the squeak is a squeak. And then going to Atlanta and beating Georgia last weekend. Poor shit. Um It stinks. It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a good game. Georgia – or Bama, excuse me, is currently two-point dogs. Grab it. Grab it now. Grab some – grab it. Grab it now. (laughs) If they lose, we'll be by two, I don't think they're going to fucking lose. Um, The other bowl game that I know is happening right now is going to be Florida State versus Georgia. Now, Florida State fans, I've heard a lot of griping and a lot of talking about how he deserves to be in and how it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It's going to matter (laughs) when you play Georgia – that team that you play is going to matter. Having a backup quarterback is going to matter. What's the line right now in the Georgia? Oh, Georgia. Oh, it's not even posted yet. They haven't posted because of the injury. You can say what you will about FSU's defense and how good they played this season, yada yada yada. They don't have the firepower to hang with this Georgia team, and I will. Die believing that. Before we move on to the NFL, I do want to talk about the 2000, I believe it was 07, Sugar Bowl. Let me make sure it's the right year. I don't have that in front of me. Nope, it's the wrong year. I mean, it's the 08. It's the 08 Sugar Bowl. Let's go to the next one. And I'm bringing this up to bring up a very specific thing. In 2007, Georgia was the, this was the best Georgie season of my lifetime. It was really well played. It was possibly the best skill level on that squad I'd ever seen. They finished the season ranked number two in the country in the AP poll. Um, They lost South Carolina and lost Tennessee. And by the end of that season, Adam made a case – that they were playing the best football in the nation. They beat number 10 Hawaii in that game 41 to 10 in the uh Sugar Bowl, we're in the all blacks. And Florida State fans, if you were to beat Georgia in this title game or in this bowl game, excuse me, I would have you do what I did. Talk endless shit all offseason. Because no matter what you thought about the BCS, the Sugar Bowl was a BCS game. And Hawaii was the third team, not including Notre Dame, who was not in the sixth major BCS conference to play in a BCS game. Boise State and Utah had won their respective games earlier in the Fiesta Bowl. And I do think that this was the biggest step towards the playoff. Because it was like, oh, there's a larger gap than you think. because. Mark Rick put up there and hung 41 on June Jones. And for those who know Mark Richt or watch Mark Rick's teams, holy shit, that's a lot of points for Mark Rick to hang up on you. Um, particularly doesn't hate you. Now, I want to talk about what happened yesterday. Yesterday was Sunday. Today is Monday when you're listening to this. I want to talk about the NFL. And tonight, there's an NFL game. It is, I don't believe it's good. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But let's see what the NFL game for Monday Night Football is Cincinnati and Jacksonville. So, in an effort to avoid watching that game, I want to give you a podcast about NFL football. That's right. It's time for the way too late tier system. The way I've done tiers this year. have like group teams as to where I think they fit. Sometimes I have written out like a, a, a longer title, a shorter title, but they will all be self-descriptive. The first team on this list, we're going to go from the bottom, top thirty-two up. First tier. Wait, we can't get Caleb. The only member of this tier, the goddamn Carolina Panthers. You big dummies. If you need further proof that VC money's never solved anything ever, go ahead, gaze upon the Carolina Panthers and despair. David Tepper went in private equity and thought and made a bunch of money, and he thought that made him smart and good at everything. Ladies and gentlemen, it does not. Four head coaches in 14 months, a quarterback that they're unsure of, what, 13 games in? Not good, not good, kids. And they can't even Caleb because all of them picks they gave away to get the quarterback they're unsure about. Next year, cruising for Caleb. Now, this has got two teams that I think are truly cruising for Caleb, but one of these teams I don't think is sure about it yet, and that is the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals have started bringing back Kyler Murray to find out just what do they have. They're winning games with the passion out earlier this season, or at least being competitive, so that their decision to cut bait on everything they have in Arizona may have come premature. So I think they're reevaluating right now. In New England, if they're going to keep Bill Belichick, it's because he's promised them he will draft Caleb Williams. Full stop. Now, whatever you think about Caleb Williams on the stretch – The tools are there for him to be a good NFL quarterback to have the skill set. Does he have the coaching so far? I don't think so. Does he have the mentality so far? Not sure. But the skill set, the raw tools, the bones of the house, they are there. Let's see what happens as they both these teams cruise for Caleb. Now, the next group is: we may have miscalculated this. This team, these teams include Washington, the Bears, the Giants, the Jets, the Titans, and the goddamn find a way to lose. Los Angeles Chargers. I'm recording you this today. The Chargers beat the Patriots yesterday 6 to nothing. Let that sink in. This isn't Pop Warner. This isn't fucking uh, JV. This is the NFL. And I've been told by many repeatable people that Justin Herbert is great at football. He put six points on the Pats. Six. Not five. Not seven. Six. Two field goals in the second quarter. 22-37 for 212. What are we doing? Why are you pretending that this is a good football team? Or even worth mentioning. Washington, you got the quarterback wrong. And it sucks and it stinks. And, oh, maybe there's hope. Nope, no hope. No hope, Washington. You got the quarterback wrong. And... I'm not saying this because the Dolphins beat the hell out of you. I'm saying this because the quarterback's wrong. He can't do the things that this offense requires him to do. Or would like for him to do. Or would hope that he could someday possibly do. Sam hell. Not the truth. The Bears, you miscalculated goddamn everything. You miscalculated bringing the to try to correct things with Justin Fields. You miscalculated Justin Fields of putting him on this tight leash with the Eberflus. You miscalculated giving him any weapons and not utilizing him in the proper way. You have ruined everything. Congratulations. Giants, you big fucking dummies. I told you about Daniel Jones. Jets. We'll come back to the Jets. I'm too upset to talk about the Jets right now. Let's talk about the Titans. The Titans, who thought they could cruise on the Tannehill thing, they went ahead and re-upting Will Levis, they did not trade um, Derrick Henry and now they're just in this weird mismatch of place of like, we don't want to be good but we're just not bad enough to be bad and we're going to have to see how that turns out for them. Now the Jets. In a former life, I was an NFL agent. So when the words used are like, cleared to return to practice or cleared to be removed from the IR list, the practice window is open. If you think Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing football this year, then you don't think he tore his Achilles. Full stop. Because right now this team is 4-8. And, and you know you can all see what he's doing. He's doing this so that he can say to us, I did it. I came back. He doesn't sound like that. Fuck your science. And... Um, I legitimately hope he doesn't come back this year. And if he tries to, I hope something horrible happens to him. The next tier is what I'm calling lesser slot, because there's something we need to identify in this NFL season is the parody everyone's asked for for years, the parody everyone's wanted to get in their systems. It's here, and it stinks. It stinks. It is bad football, top to bottom, left to right. My friends, I've just said one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams. And I'm just hitting the lesser slop era. The lesser slop stance. Teams that I consider lesser slop. The Bucks. Because you're slop. You're five and seven. You're slop. But you're lesser slop. The Saints. Lesser slop. The Falcons, who the, the season ended right now, would be hosting a playoff game against the Cowboys, and that, my friends, continues on the theme from the playoff in college football. We do not need more games. Falcons hosting Cowboys. Let's retract, contract the playoff. Let's bring it in some. Let's make it feel special because if the Falcons are in, it's inherently unspecial. The Rams, six and six, let's just slob. The Packers, who pulled off a very fun win over the Chiefs last night. Lesser slop. The Raiders. Five and seven in a pretty okay division. Lesser slop. You see what I'm saying here? It's all slop. The Raiders are on what, quarterback three? The Bengals. Five and six. They don't have a quarterback. Lesser slop. Now, greater slop. This is slop that has possibilities. Slop. That's got options. A thought that got some hope. We'll start out west in the NFC. The Seattle Seahawks. Is it sloppy? Goddamn right, it is. Is it sloppy you can believe in? There's the question. Negative 26 point differential, not a good state. Lost the last three, not a good sense. But they're in a division that I'm not impressed by. The Rams, of course, on the winning streak right now. You look at the Seahawks down the stretch, it doesn't look good. I say greater slop because I think they can at least compete with the Niners. I think they can compete with the Eagles. They were 41-35 to against the Cowboys. I want to see how it goes down the stretch, but I've got them in my greater slop pile. The Bills. Now, the Bills are the ones that really kind of precipitated me doing this because they're the definition of greater slop. They're 6-6. Six six. They're going to miss a the playoff. They might get that coach fired. But as of this recording, they're plus 101 of point differential. That's awesome. That's so cool. They're doing a good job. Except for when they're not. That's why they're sloppy. The Broncos. Hand up. I was throwing dirt on the Broncos. I thought it was done. I thought Sean Payton, the game passed him by. Little did I realize that, one, Russell Wilson was playing pretty damn well. And, two, Sean Payton was slowly getting that defense into into, uh, shape. Time recording the six and six, they got some hope, which is more than we can say for a lot of these teams on this list. Texans, you're greater slot because I'm not sure what to do with you. The AFC South is a weird place. They and the Colts are tied right now, atop the or in the middle of the division. Excuse me, at seven and five, and I don't get it. I, they're in greater slot because I don't know what to do with that quarterback. I just don't. I don't. It's it's weird. I've never seen anything like it, and I'm really glad he lost to Georgia last year. Because I'm glad I never see him play football in college again. The Colts, their men chewing it up. They had the defense. They had the running game. If only they'd paid that running back sooner, so maybe your quarterback would not have gotten hurt. Keep it talking about top of the division. Granger's flop. Steelers, I don't get it. But they got to fit somewhere. Negative 37 point uh, differential. I don't get it. Only three teams in the league, four teams, excuse me, in the league, have above 100 point differential. They're all winning teams except for the Bills. Make it make sense. The Browns, they got a defense that's real enough that they could keep – they put me out there, a quarterback, and we'll see what happens. Anyone except Sean Watson, apparently. Second to last year, show me what you got. Do I believe? Kind of. Do I want to believe? Absolutely. Cowboys, do I want to believe? you goddamn right I do. Do I want to believe that Dak Prescott has turned a corner? Yes. Do I want to believe that this offense is real and is powerful and can do things in different scenarios? Yes, I do. Are they a plus 168 point differential? Yes, they are. Is that the largest point differential in the NFL? Yes, it is. They're still behind the Eagles because of that division. The Lions, for the first time since the 1960s, are 9-3 this deep into a season. They're 41 point differential. They have won the last game. Four and two at home, five and one away, nine and three, Detroit Lions. Just fun to say out loud, isn't it? It's crazy. I'll talk to AFC South, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I want, and I want to make sure this is clear, and I'm not joking here, like even a little bit. I want Urban Meyer tried in the Hague. He had me convinced after one season that not only had they gotten the entire structure of this team wrong, they gotten the quarterback super wrong. Oh, no, no, my friends. They got the coach wrong, and they have fixed that shit. And it's looking real good down in Jacksonville. Sure, probably not good enough to make a deep run in the playoffs, but good enough to win this garbage division, at least until Anthony Richardson gets healthy for the Colts. Last but not least, in our show-me-what-you-got tier, my squad. I adopted this team this year because I thought they'd be a lot of fun, and I was goddamn right. The Miami Dolphins just tearing people apart. I'm loving – I love everything I'm seeing. The defense gets better every week. Joe Ramsey's return, uh, obviously, Xavier Howard, has been just chef's kiss. And he uh, come back early to really help the team out. Shows they believe they've got something there, they've got a shot at making a real run deep in this playoffs. And for the first time in 20-some-odd years, the Patriots are in the bottom and the Dolphins are at the top. And I never thought I'd see it. Last but not least, we've got our top of the tier, the top of the cream of the crop, the exceptions to your parody – mishmash below the fantastic four your niners your eagles your ravens and until last night your chiefs now the niners are in here because good god you've seen the niners when they're healthy they're overwhelming um say what you want about Brock Brock party i will constantly off this podcast because i don't want to deal with you niners fans however when he's there and when they're healthy that's when they're dangerous that's the best team in football The big caveat is when they're healthy. They hit so hard, and they hit so often. They hit so well, and they're so good on Sundays that I'm afraid that some of that banged-up-edness is going to have them be not fresh for the playoffs. So we'll have to see. Historically, that's what's happened. Um, But historically, they haven't beat the dog shit out of the Eagles like they did last night. So they took the Eagles out behind the woodshed and beat them to death with sticks. And for anyone like myself who would – Conveniently forgotten that last year the Eagles won that playoff game because of they were out of quarterbacks on the Niners side. Well, it looks like they got one now. Until you take him out, there's going to be a problem. On the AFC side, my favorite team in the AFC right now is the Ravens. They can play poorly and still beat you. They can play poorly and find ways to win. Something you couldn't say about them in the past. The defense again has been lights out. Only I want to say are they the only team in? Oh my gosh. One of two teams in football that have allowed fewer than 200 points to date. It's them and the Niners. Niners have allowed 187 to 12 games. The Ravens have allowed one. Excuse me. The Niners have allowed 189. The Ravens have allowed 187. Um, And this should have scored more points, scored way more points. The activeness of that offense has Todd Munkin on like ESPN stuff, like shortlist for coordinators to be head coaches. No, no, Todd. Come back to Georgia. But if you're not going to come back to Georgia, stay in Baltimore. A unique set of skills, unique set of talents, unique set of abilities to maximize the abilities of the people on that roster. And last but not least, I'm keeping the Chiefs in my fantastic form. Why? Motherfucker, they've done it. And I don't bet against Jordan unless it's time to bet against Jordan. However, I'd like to bet against Kukoc, Pippin, the pips around Jordan because these drops are getting weird. The drops are getting unavoidable. And you can't just throw to Travis Kelsey all the time. That was it, guys. That was your Emergency Dogcast. There's going to be another podcast later this week as we head into bowl season. We're going to get some immediate reactions from other college football opinion havers about what the decision made by the uh, committee. Very excited to watch Georgia blow the doors off of Florida say later this year. And it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice to have a low-stakes bowl season. Like, for the last few years, I've been a bundle of nerves. I've been too tense to enjoy the bowl games. Now, I've got a bowl game against a team without a quarterback. And no matter what happens in the playoff, everybody's talking about, because of the margin of victory in the Georgia game, how Georgia should have gotten in. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what I call a win-win. That was your show. There is no outro. See you guys later this week.